Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT podcast, and I'm your host. Man, how many changes around here? Um, first and foremost, you know that we had a partnership with Spotify, and there has been a corporate takeover fix my microphone here and because of that corporate takeover now we are directly on Spotify and Anchor FM, Anchor.com has become Spotify for podcasters so I want to welcome you guys to our new format Um, we are on our way to our first uh first quintenario which will be our our first 500 episodes since 2017 even though this uh this version of the show was actually um launched in the last year and a half i think we're I think in May we'll be celebrating two years. So how time flies. I'm going to take a quick look here at the markets. Let me check the Financial Times news. And um, there's so many things that I just want to share with you guys. I already see Bitcoin is at 24,000. This is courtesy of teletrader.com. And it says, Bitcoin price surpassed the 24,000 mark on Monday for the first time in over two weeks as other markets saw volatility throughout the day due to the potential escalation of the issues surrounding several United States banks. Bitcoin soared 9.53% to 24,348 as of 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time. Ethereum rose 6.2%, actually 6.22% to 1,691 at the same time. Elsewhere, the U.S. dollar coin, stable coin, managed to recover to regain its $1 peg after declining over the weekend. The drop followed the U.S. dollar coin, issuer Circle Internet Financial Limited, number 39, um, and their confirmation that $3.3 billion of its $40 billion um US dollar coin one second um collapsed let me see so pretty interesting there um I'm probably going to play a little bit of music in the background just want to check what's going on in the markets it's a rainy day in for me, which I love it. And um, let's start with some rain in the background. And um, let's see what we can come up with. Um, not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to... Um, Play a little bit of jazz. Let me lower this. This is more for myself because uh, 
actual microphone will will uh, kind of fade that out into the background. So I'm gonna put that there and see what's going on here. I think I need the jazz music more than anything else. this message here. Okay. So, how can we start? There's so much that I want to convey. Um, in my heart of hearts, I've had a challenging few weeks. Um, I have, in a sense, um, limited myself from certain people, places, and things, especially um dealing with my my own family um for myself it's very uh it's very clear what i need to be careful with and in a sense that's what i want to unpack with you all as you can all tell i have um lost my voice, so I've been eating chocolates and I have some honey, since yesterday I've been saying I'm going to eat some some honey, but I actually uh, haven't had an opportunity to, um, I've been tied up with other things, so for today, to celebrate our newest um, business partnership. I figured, why not? You know, why not kind of discuss it? So, here we go, right? For me personally, I have dealt with this challenge and this challenge is what I aim to overcome, okay? Um, how can I put it? I feel that there's two parts to my life. And I've been trying to find the balance amongst both. 
the first part is my musical career. I got into the music industry very young. And because of that, I pretty much grew up in the music industry. It doesn't seem that way. And maybe it's improper for me to say that. But the reason why I'm saying that is because we are led to believe that certain things have to be a certain way. When the reality is that they're not. When something is, it just is. And when something is not, it's just not. So, in my particular example, very simply put, I've been in the music industry my entire life. And everyone that is closest to me has seen my career in all of its stages. The reason why I mentioned that it may not seem how some people see it on television is because you all haven't seen me on a television reality show experiencing these things. So for the average person... If I were to say that I can relate to the majority of artists, they would have a reference point to artists that they have seen on, you know, social media or any type of, uh, you know, sitcoms or series, etc. So, it doesn't take away or make it less valid for me to have experienced these things outside of the common media. Social media has been the great equalizer for me because in a sense, there's nothing exciting about it. Like this is my real life, even though it may be entertainment for others. So now a unique thing is starting to happen in the sense that, you know, now that you have a group of artists that went through these things in the common media combined with artists like myself that have had that moment of clarity through now social media and controlling our own outlets and our own distribution well a peculiar thing starts to develop because now my presence on social media has led right back to basically 
being able to be on common media, such as a reality show, etc. So, in my portfolio, not only do I have everything that, for example, would be social media, now I am going to add the common media. So, it magnifies my situation because now I have both, obviously. And it changes the dynamic in everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm not doing, myself and the people that are closest to me. Because now the public has emotional and psychological real estate invested in me. And based on all of the years that they may have wanted to see me on common media or common communication platforms, now they're celebratory. They're celebrating because they will have that. Now, the variable is the business side outside of the industry. I may have to produce my own reality TV show or series. And that's yet another element because inside of all of this is not only the artist, but the human being. So that's our foundation. I just wanted to establish, you know, the pillars of the discussion that we will have. My biggest challenge has been dealing with my family. And I believe that most artists struggle with that. And it may be the nucleus of why a person is artistic. Maybe dealing with so many variables and so many different people pretty much has led to the person having to express themselves in a completely new format. Because of that, the person, you know, through their art, is able to connect with the masses because so many people feel the same way and relate but are unable to put it together in words. So, for me, I see a dynamic that is super dangerous. And that dynamic is based on the fact that I have a worldwide tour for the first time in 20 years. This is 20 years in the making. And in the tour, people are only going to hear the last year and a half of music, maybe two years. Um, at the same time, outside of all of the success that is uh, 
attached to this situation. I'm having the biggest challenges with my family. For me, that is the elephant in the room. I am not afraid to be completely honest and transparent. And the more successful I have become in life, the more drug use and drug abuse has become prevalent with my family and my loved ones. Do I feel that it's unfair to me? Yes, I do feel that it's unfair to me. Do I completely understand it? I do not. Do I agree with it? I do not. Do I condone it? I do not. In fact, I prefer to keep my distance. Although I don't agree, I understand that life is not perfect. And because of that, I have to learn everything that I can from this situation in order to execute a much better plan for the generations to come. So it highlights my understanding and my common consensus of taking responsibility for my family, which is a burden I no longer have to carry in the sense that since I was very young and I've had this opportunity, I viewed the world on a righteous terminology where I felt that part of my greatness stemmed from taking that responsibility for those that I care for and love. Because with money came success, and with success also came money. Those were two known variables in my universe, all new to me at the time. But I also quickly realized that it was more about the meaning that I placed behind these things. So it, it wasn't just winning the lottery or establishing the next Apple or the next Tesla. It was more about the meaning. And what I aim to discover today with all of you is the meaning that I am granting to this current situation. So, for me, this is a continuous learning experience because I don't have all the answers. And for me, it's about peeling back these wounds to let them bleed and let them air out and regenerate or restart the healing process. I have to face my deepest, darkest hours publicly because it is the only way 
for example, when I um, create a song, my deepest emotions are placed in the music through my lyrics, through my vocal performance, my delivery, okay? And it's my way of purging what I feel inside, what I'm processing inside, what I'm thinking inside. And it is very therapeutic for me. You know, it's something that is very, uh, I guess, purging, you know. It's something that releases a certain amount of pressure in the vows of life. And sometimes, even as I'm putting it together for a recording, let's say a song or, or even my podcast, there are elements that I learn as I go along. In other words, when I push myself to that limit, I'm able to have a breakthrough. And this is why I'm here today. I didn't want to talk about business or technology. I wanted to reflect on all of the challenges that I faced. You know, and I want to discover the true meaning of these things. Not not the meaning that I'm giving to them, but the true meaning of what these things are. So, I'm already dealing with the challenges of life, right? I'm already dealing with those challenges. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm constantly working on something. And for me, that is my peace. That is my comfort zone. I love everything about it. For me, business, in a sense, is an adventure. You know, that's how I look at it. Business is like an adventure, you know. Every new business, every product or service is like a new journey, you know, a new voyage into the unknown. I know that on the other side is success, okay? So, with that being said, I see all of the challenges that I'm facing, but I see the reward in this worldwide tour that is the culmination of my career. This is not only a celebratory tour, it has the potential to be my last tour until the retirement tour. In a sense, could this be the midway point of retirement? I believe so. I, I definitely believe so. Um, 
what is the meaning that I'm giving to that? Is it the success of retiring young? Okay, that, that could be a part of it. Is it the sense of completion that I've achieved already a legendary career? Could be. Is it my way of telling the world I've given you all that I can? And we have a little bit more to go. And I'm going to open the pathway for the next generation. But I'm going to be taking my creative aspirations to other things. For example, films, which allow me to tell a story in a more complex way, in a different format, more long-winded, if I may say so, and allows me to dedicate more time. Because for me, every record is my baby. I love everything about the process of creating a record and releasing a record and just enjoying that moment. At the same time, you know, once that record is released and is promoted and marketed, I move on to create again. I kind of do the same thing with businesses, right? That is my, my mentality. That's the way that I view it. That's the way I see things. So because of that, I'm able to learn and, you know, basically move on to the next stage or the next phase or the next level of life as far as my career as an artist. Understanding that in this industry, I'm facing challenges on a daily basis. Reminding myself that music and entertainment are the loss leaders. You're literally playing the lottery. You are gambling everything on red to be successful. And only when all of those things line up are you able to attain a success of such a high degree and magnitude that it makes it worthwhile every other potential attempt. Having that established as our second foundation, now I can go deeper with a laser and a scalpel to remove this cancer that we are now clearly starting to see. I want to speak about the retrospective between my childhood as an artist, my development years, and where I stand currently. Also, providing a perspective of a healthy male adult that's fully educated and 40 years old. When I was in my wonder years, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, figuring out who I was and what I was based on so many experiences in my life, I never knew 
my career would even last this long. Times were different. Business was different. I immediately gave a meaning to my success. And that meaning was based on my focal point, my initial stage, which was righteousness and soothing the pain of those around me based on poverty above anything else. Jim Carrey gave this famous speech about how he started comedy. If you are an avid listener, you know how many times I've mentioned this speech because it really healed my heart. It really struck a chord with my heart. Jim Carrey said that when he did comedy, it was to soothe his pain. But most importantly, to soothe the pain of those closest to him. For example, his parents whom battled with health issues. And he made them laugh to take away their pain. So his entire career, sadly similar to a Robin Williams, which I'm still heavily in denial of his untimely demise, and I'm still studying his psychological profile. It's been like a, a life's journey, to be honest with you. All he's been trying to do in spite of himself, is to make everyone around him laugh and happy and rejoice. So that's how he was dealing with the situation that he didn't understand. The pain and the miseries around him, he turned into a positive. He turned into their laughter and pain. And that's why he's so excellent at it. Jim Carrey is one of the funniest people known to mankind. Robin Williams as well. Obviously, I aim to learn from both of these super megastars when it comes to comedy and life as an entertainer or a performer. Jim Carrey's daughter went as far as to audition for American Idol and she went as far as to be in the semifinals and the finals well she did that with no one knowing she was Jim Carrey's daughter the level of success she was able to attain based on what the industry wanted or what the industry held up as standards she did on her own. So what can I learn from that? Everything. Jim Carrey's daughter wanted her own signature to deal with her own challenges based on her experiences. The experiences passed down through her father of his pain and his struggles. And the way that he dealt artistically with those pains and struggles was to create the opposite, the antidote, which is happiness and laughter that became his career, that made him a multimillionaire, 
that made him a household name and helped him travel the entire world. This is the reality. For myself, when I was granted the opportunity to do music because I wrote films and I wanted to do films and I couldn't afford to do them. I chose music being that it was something I could do, you know, at the time. Now, the meaning was, or the meaning that I gave to it was simply that the pain around me and my environment was based on poverty. And the music, like the movies, that generated millions and millions of dollars, could basically bring me joy and happiness by allowing me to deliver that uh, joy and happiness to all the ones that I cared for that were closest to me and closest to my heart. So I took on that responsibility of, of letting people know that it would be okay that there was nothing to worry about because once I attained the success, we wouldn't feel any more pain and everything would be perfect. Instead of walking, we would be driving in high-end luxury exotic sports cars. That instead of wearing hand-me-down clothes, we would have you know, jewelry full of diamonds and we were wearing nothing but Rolexes. Whatever that meant, I still don't know. I am exploring that today. But regardless of where we lived or how we lived, what the circumstances were, maybe the water stopped running, maybe the heat and the air conditioning stopped functioning, maybe the door in the front of my building was not functioning, as an example, that it wouldn't matter because one day we would live in these mansions inside of these estates in gated communities in exclusive parts of the world. This is how I dealt with my pain. And in my music, it reflected that. I went into politics. I went into, you know, things that concerned me socially in my music. I spoke out against, you know, the way that the industry mistreated artists. And how they stole all of their rights. As I'm still young, impressionable, and learning what the music industry is versus what the music business is. That was the meaning that I gave to it. Because the meaning that we give to things sometimes or most of the times can be attached to how we view things. And I viewed the pain as a correlation of poverty and I viewed music and being creative artistically as a writer for films or for music and performing acting in my own films or you know performing my own records as the antidote as the way to solve or settle this anguish and this pain that once again stem from poverty so I associated becoming a multimillionaire with making films because films obviously make millions of dollars because they're exposed all over the world. Same thing with music. Music 
although being a, a smaller format and a faster format. So the money generation is, is uh, marginally smaller. So now looking back into that perspective, I use the same meaning when dealing with my family. It didn't matter what challenges we faced. I correlated everything back to lack of education, lack of emotional and moral support, lack of understanding, sociopolitical uh, challenges, but most importantly, poverty, because through poverty, education was limited, uh, quality of life was limited, and most of it was based on my stomping grounds, you know, where we grew up, where my family chose to raise us. And I can tell the patterns in all of the people that I love and how it affected all of us uniquely. I believe, and it is clearly um, quantifiable, that I was the most affected, I was the most sensitive. So I was the most aware of everything that was going on. I saw the trash on the floor because that's where I played. I felt the malnutrition because my refrigerator was mostly empty. I knew when it came time to go shopping, I reached a point where I wouldn't ask for things because I got nothing or very little. Therefore, I prioritized other people in my family that would take better advantage of all of those things that could be available as little as they were. When I had my opportunity, I already assumed that responsibility of answering the why all of these things were happening. And the only antidote that I had was to suffice the scarcity or the need by becoming rich and successful and wealthy, first of all, so that I could break this pattern systematically and in the generational sense or standpoint. That if I could somehow break the chains of poverty, I could somehow rewrite this reality for my future generations to come. I was in my early teens placing generational legacy goals for myself. If that doesn't tell you that I'm a genius, nothing will tell you that I'm a genius because the average human being does not think that way at that age, will not think that way, perhaps during their entire lifetime. And I ask myself again, why? Why did I give it this meaning? Was my pain so heartfelt? Was it so deep and profound that I decided that that would be the limit? I entered the God realm. And I said, God, this is the limit of pain that a person can perceive or experience. 
I will no longer stand for this. I ask permission to be the righteous knight of justice for my family and for my loved ones. I will no longer accept for them to feel this pain. I will now use my career, place myself at the center. I will work as hard as I can to reach that success so that they never have to feel what I feel of what I felt or what I processed. And by becoming successful, I can start by getting them out of the hood. Moving them into these beautiful gated communities, into these beautiful estates with the best draperies, the best fabrics, the best furniture and appliances. In environments where there was nothing but the best churches and the best schools and the best school systems, where it would be safe for them to flourish as human beings, where they would have the finest of the finest things from clothing to meals to activities, thus increasing our overall quality of life as a collective, as a group, as a family, as a structure of people. Just because the cosmos, the Heavenly Father, aligned the stars for us to be relatives in this universe, in this lifetime. And... That is the way that I, you know, carried my life. You know? That is the way that I developed because in my subconscious, this was the meaning. This was the answer with which I saw life. This was my filter. The world is wrong. The music industry is wrong. What my family is going through is wrong. What I went through is wrong. This is how I can change it. I can be artistic. I can be creative. I can generate millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I can solve everything if I was financially wealthy and stable. Looking back in retrospect. Looking back at that nucleus, that is so unfair for a child to be searching for the answers of life based on monetary gain. It's so unfair for a child to assume the responsibility of so many people. And that is the elephant of the room, ladies and gentlemen. Because that's exactly what I did. We're going to take a quick pause so that we can start a new segment and reset our counter. We'll be back in a New York minute. Because of that, I've carried this burden for over half of my existence. Perhaps to... the obscurity of my loved ones. 
none of them could have foreseen that based on the input from my environment, the people, the places, the things, the circumstances, that I would manifest in this way, that I would react to these seeds that were planted by seeking the answer. And looking back now at 40 years old, you know, it's been over 20, 25 years of my life. Everything I have done directly or indirectly, consciously or subconsciously has been to rewrite that. And because of that, I can tell my younger self by traveling to the past that everything will be okay. That it wasn't my fault, that it wasn't my choice for things to be the way that they were. But most importantly, that not only is it not my fault, but it is not my responsibility. I accept today, I understand today at 40 years old, that I cannot be all things to all people in all places at all times under all circumstances. That is the true God realm. God is omnipotent. He's everywhere at all times. He's a force ghost for my Star Wars uh, followers. I no longer have to carry that burden of responsibility. I learned from a childhood friend recently, in the recent years, that I can be exclusive, that my responsibilities are closer to the people that are closest to me, and nothing more. No more different than a neighbor winning the lottery and having no responsibility financially, emotionally, psychologically to me or my loved ones, yet is kind enough to buy me a brand new lawnmower for my grass as a way of saying thank you and I appreciate your friendship. Although they may be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Why is it understood and accepted psychologically from myself as a person, as a human being, as this ore of energy? And at the same time, it is confusing for me to accept that when it comes to my family members, my relatives, people closest to me, it feels like it's different. So I ask myself the five whys. Why does it feel different? 
because we are biologically related? Why does it feel different? Because, um, you know, maybe I attained financial success first. Why do I feel guilty that I reached financial success when I gave my deepest emotions and thoughts through my music or my writing or my films? When I put it all on the table, to reach all of my success. Why do I feel bad when the people closest to me never did things like that and never had an inclination to do things like that? Meaning, had they reached any level of success, that would not have been their inclination. Had they reached any level of financial freedom, they would not have done the things that I premeditated, pre-decided that I would do immediately as my act of charity, as my way of paying it forward to the higher power in gratitude. When now, I would probably donate that money to like a St. Jude's Children's Hospital where those that are helpless can be helped. It's not necessarily about appreciation, but I'm pretty sure that their loved ones and their family would be completely appreciative. But this is, in a sense, the nucleus of myself staring at the elephant in the room. If I could go back and speak to my 16 or 17-year-old self, I would say, it's going to be all right because that is not your challenge. That is not your problem. That is not your issue. That is not your responsibility. You must stop this at all costs now. You must stop this voyage and this journey that leads to a path of destruction because the years will show you that these people are unworthy of your loyalty and your honesty and your purity and your love and your trust. These people are unable to love because they do not know how to love themselves. And it is because you were able to love yourself, regardless of your circumstances, that you were able to love these people, although you hated the circumstances that you were all living in. Therefore, you took on this responsibility to soothe their pains by becoming financially successful and stable. It is not your fault. It is not your burden. It is not your crime. It is not your debt. It is not your responsibility. That is the God realm. You do not belong in the God realm. You must allow an empty space to fill itself. You must allow life to take its natural course. Change is good. Change is normal. And change is also a part of life. Maybe 
you started on this journey at 17. To reach 40 years old, to understand that it was that development process that makes you unique and as powerful as you are today. Because no one in this universe can point their finger and say that you did not try your absolute best for over half of your lifetime. These people were tested through life and by life for the purpose of the higher power to reveal to you who these people truly are. You have seen all of them. You know that their hearts don't have the same love that you have in yours. You know that these people would not do 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of what you would be ready to do at a moment's notice. Just like you were ready to do that at age 17. So this is the true breakthrough. Yesterday, I had a purging of emotions and thoughts. This is why I lost my voice because I screamed at the top of my lungs at least two or three times. I conveyed everything that I felt to everyone that I cared about and loved. And it was my declaration of independence that enough had been enough. Very simple. Enough was enough. This is it. Michael Jackson. Okay? This is the breakthrough moment. As much as it hurt, I freed myself from all of the challenges all of the limitations of carrying this burden, always trying to be understood, always trying to be accepted and a part of a group and a circle of love that I've never belonged to. And although the truth may hurt, I must understand in order for me to heal, that I have no control over these people, these places, these things, or these circumstances. I accept that I cannot be all things to all people, in all places, in all circumstances, and at all times. I accept it. This is the breakthrough. Yesterday, I liberated myself from those family members and peers and closest ones and relatives and extended family and the likes thereof. I have a worldwide tour. We are going on the fourth month of the year. There's only eight months and change left for 2023. I must capitalize in over five or six months of the remaining eight months of the year. I have to place all of my focus on my music and my career 
to continue my tour. I cannot be on tour worrying about these things. It is no longer my responsibility. I'm 40 years old. I've done a phenomenal job, an exceptional job to be that component of belief, of motivation, of guidance, of righteousness. Some may have understood it, most have not. Some may have valued it, most have not. When a person shows you who they are, believe them. I must see them for what they are, truly deep down inside in their hearts, for who they are, truly deeply inside of their heart, not for how I want to see them or want to view them. This is the reality. This is the truth. The truth right now is more important to me than anything else. I think it will only come closest to time. Because for me, I owe it to myself to allow myself to heal. I fought an endless battle. I fought a winless battle. I gained nothing but this understanding. And that is my Dead Sea Scroll. That is what I walk away with. That's all that is left. That fight, which may have seemed like the biggest fight of my life, is over. This is similar to Ryu, for example. After he defeats Saget, and then he wins the world tournament for a second time and defeats Bison and Akuma, which represents his deepest and darkest emotions, the dark Hadu, right? What does Ryu do? He walks away. Looking forward to the next challenge. I have finally reached that moment in my life. I am Ryu walking away at the end of Street Fighter 2. I even faced the new challengers. If this was Mugen, I faced every fighting character in the entire world. In the entire uh, universe of fighting games. But once again, it goes to show you how the human mind can expand in consciousness on a daily basis. When I raised my voice yesterday, and although it hurt me that I was unable to record, even though I recorded, I released an album and I released two singles yesterday. I did 10 songs altogether. Um, I believe I am at 284 for 2023. I have 284 songs. And actually part of this podcast is to re-exercise um, my vocals. It's been an amazing journey. I declared my independence emotionally, psychologically, and physically from all of these people, places, and things, and circumstances. I 
was liberated by allowing myself to purge. To put it all for all to see. I woke up today feeling so much more blessed and in tune with my own thoughts and emotions and my own feelings. Happy with everything that I have accomplished. And grateful above all to focus on the things that are important to me. Knowing that my destiny lies in my hands and not at the whim of the wind or any other external forces that may try to influence everything that belongs to me, like my thoughts and my heart and my feelings and my emotions and my ability to express myself. I realize how quickly the people that I held closest to my heart are able to close their hearts and close that connection at a moment's notice. People like that do not belong in my life. More than 85% of the challenges that I have faced to launch my tour, which has been about two and a half years in the making, planning this tour, have been due to these quote-unquote family members and loved ones. I have declared my independence emotionally, physically, psychologically, mentally, even financially as of this point. I completely disconnect from this entire reality, this alternate reality that I never belonged in. And because of that, I have found peace. Because of that, I have found this understanding. Because of that, I have found the strength to explore the elephant in the room. This challenge has plagued my career and my life by default since I was very young. It has always been a limited and corrupted type of love and understanding and acceptance because it was premeditated that there was something wrong with me in the beginning. I was never good enough. I would never be good enough. But I'm good enough to know that their standards don't apply to me. And if someone does not accept me for who I am, it is truly their loss. Meaning, I am not going to put more out than what I receive. That if these people are only able to love me with 2% of their heart, I should not give them 100% of my love. I can still love them a million percent from a distance. Now that that is clearly established, I can truly move forward and move on. 
at the end of the day, that is what is the most important for me to build the future, to establish um, a new pathway for myself. If I was able to release an album and two singles yesterday, based on all of my frustrations, today I can do the same or more. Because my voice is that much better today. My understanding, my perspective has a lot more clarity. I'm able to to face all of these things now. And I feel the peace that I was yearning for. Now that the nuclear bomb has detonated, there's nothing but clear fields. It's a whole new path. And I've just planted the first few seeds that have become the first few trees. If I could travel in the future and I could speak to myself in the future, I would say to myself, continue on this path because this is your true journey. This is your true nature. And although you had a rough start, we have finally arrived where we wanted to be, where we always knew we deserved to be. This is the reality. Now, everything starts over. Continue on your journey and on your path and keep walking. What advice would I give myself? Keep your faith in God. Keep taking care of your family. Pace yourself. Work hard because hard work pays off. Focus on your goals because that is the only thing that is important. Believe me, none of those people care about a single thing. Nor will they care. You think that you know them now. Once you go on your tour and you reach a higher level of success, you will only see more. You are escalating in life. You are viewing things from an ego standpoint. Now you can look at the mountainous terrains and at the grasslands. You can feel the winds of the Sahara. All to clarify the oasis of reality. You've done the right thing. At that point, those people will only move further away because you will forever be a symbol of accomplishment, a symbol of what they were unable to pursue and obtain because it is not in their nature to love you. It is not in their nature to understand you. 
this has all been a foolish attempt from you to them. This is why God never allowed it to happen. God knew you would be willing to give them all in exchange for nothing more than a gesture of love. Now with this understanding, you're able to build. So continue to build, my friend. Because successful, you shall be. And together, we move on to the future phases of life. If I could travel back in time to today, what would I do differently? Absolutely nothing. When I finish the podcast, I will continue to study. I will um, prepare my recording studio to record. I will start recording music and releasing music. I will continue to do the logistics for my worldwide tour. I have already freed myself from this burden, so now I can travel lighter on my feet. Because less is more, and that is my approach. Focus on what I need to do to get to my goal and where I need to go in life, and nothing else. Simple as that. I've done everything in my power. To do everything that I possibly could. To connect with every person that I possibly could. And I can always give some of my love. I don't have to give it all. I can always help. I don't have to solve every problem. I have to let God do what God does best. I have to give all the complicated part to God and say, God, all right, you handle that. I'm going to handle the little bit that you gave me that I'll be able to handle myself. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm thankful. I'm appreciative for this moment of clarity. And for being able to share this with you guys, for being able to face this elephant in the room and finally see the cancer. The cancer is the size of an elephant in my heart. And now we have surgically removed that tumor from the root. We've hit that root with a laser and we've allowed it to separate its molecules. Then we have come in and used surgical blades to remove even those extremities. Now we have added all the fruits and vitamins and minerals needed to start the healing process. We have made incisions that now allow us to seal that wound and stitch that wound together. We can apply ointment and cover it and allow it time to regenerate and, and uh, you know, breathe, basically, heal. We have cut the, the, the bonding strips 
and now we have placed it on therapeutic recovery. Now we're reworking those muscles of the heart so that they may contribute and they may function the way they were intended to contribute and function. And all I can tell you guys is thank you for walking with me through this journey. Walking with me through this uh, process where we are facing our invisible wall. We are facing our challenges. And we are focused on the solution, not on the problem. We're able to explore in full depth where the origins were. We did a research study before we actually performed the surgery. We have set clear boundaries of what will be the new standard of our lives, what we will allow and what we will not allow, how we will engage, and to what capacity, what extremity are we willing to connect to these things. Because we also understand that it is a process, it's not an event. But the first thing is to identify what that cancer is and remove that cancer. The rest is changing the lifestyle, the nutrition, even the mental health to move forward. Learning from that situation, but still moving forward. Being very careful with the meaning that we give things. Because only we have the power to give things this meaning. So I understood that I had to give my situation that meaning to get to this point today. And now I have the power to give all of this a new meaning, which has been an amazing learning experience in my life. And I feel great. This is who I am. This is the Eureka moment, the, the utopian moment of understanding, okay, I get it. That battle is over. It's far behind me. I fought that battle at 17 years old, 23 years ago, going on 24 years. Now I have a new challenge to travel overseas, to pursue my music, to negotiate my music catalog. Um... I have to generate the money that I need for my World Guinness Records and pretty much, you know, move on. And I'm happy with that. You know, I've been looking at a McLaren 570S. I want to say it's a 2015 or 16. It's yellow with black. Um, About 18,000 miles, 140,000. That's what I'm talking about. And perfectly happy to not pay 320 for a 720S or 220 for a McLaren DT, which is the car that I've kind of been wanting for a few years now. Perfectly happy to be driving it at my own pace, under my own circumstances, because I'm playing to win my own game. Not what the industry wants me to do, not what the family wants me to do, not what my friends want me to do, but what I pray to God for that I want to do truly in my heart.
That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, life is about the people that you love and the people that love you. Everything else is water under a bridge. I cannot be all things to all people in all places, at all circumstances, and at all times. Nor will I ever try to be that. Not even with people that are biologically related to me. It's okay to say no. It's okay to to draw your line in the sand and set boundaries. How about this? How about when I go on vacation, everyone can meet up with me? Right? How about when I take my family on vacation, we can all meet up together? That's much better than me paying for everybody's vacation and forcing everybody to take time off and forcing a situation that I don't need to force. Not, I want to do it, to, uh, you know, by myself or you want to do it by yourself. Let's do it together. How about when I go on vacation, if you happen to be on vacation, you can meet up with me and we can enjoy every bit of 2.5 hours. And after that, have a blessed day because I got shit to do. I made it here on my own. You made it here on your own. We can share two and a half hours together. How's that? That's a compromise. I can live with that. You can live with that. Maybe I'm on vacation for eight months. And you are just representing two and a half hours out of that eight months. Maybe you're on vacation for three months or three weeks. Maybe three days. Doesn't matter. All I need is two to three hours of your time. That's it. Maybe a family barbecue, four hours. We're still spending time, right, as a family. We're still, you know, doing what we're supposed to do. But I'm not footing this bill emotionally, psychologically, financially, mentally, or any other way. Simple as that. How about when you attain a level of success in your life, I can send you a postcard and say congratulations. And maybe you could do the same if it's in your heart only. If it's not in your heart, that's okay. I understand. Maybe a text message with a smiley face emoji. That would be good enough. That's the new standard. That's it. Point blank. That's a healthy compromise. I have to protect myself mentally. I know how sensitive I am. I know how absorbing of situations I can be. Therefore, I have to protect myself. And if you care for me, you understand why I have to protect myself and why I have to keep my distance. And not only will you honor and respect that, you may not agree, but you should understand because I will always try to understand your point of view. So if I can put in the effort to at least be, you know, a human being, you can also do the same. Because I'm only holding everyone up to the standard that I'm holding myself. I'm not going to do anything that will put you in a predicament, nor would I expect you to put yourself in any situation for me that could put you in a predicament. So these are my new boundaries. These are my new rules of life. If you oblige and you agree and you understand, then 
you can be part of this circle of love. If you don't, well, God bless and best wishes will be here if you ever change your mind. And that's okay because the choice is completely up to you. The choice is yours. Nobody owes me anything. I don't owe anybody anything. Nothing is guaranteed in life. Change is natural. Sometimes it rains. Sometimes the sun shines. I don't complain if it rains. I love the rain. I don't complain if there's sunshine. I love the sunshine. That's life. Yes, I have a used Ferrari and a used Lamborghini and a used Porsche and a used McLaren and a used Lotus and a used Aston Martin. But that's my motherfucking business, not your motherfucking business. If you don't fucking like it, fuck you, respectfully, in a nice and in the nicest way that I could say it. As simple as that. It's fuck you, pay me as of this moment forward. Show me the money, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise. It's all about the money. Fuck everything else. In the nicest possible way. In the most soothing and comforted way that I can. Um, if I go to vacation in Hawaii. Or if I go to vacation in Milan. And you choose to fly to spend some time and see me and my family. Great. And if you don't, too bad for you. You're lost. I don't feel any way about it because I don't need to. And I shouldn't. I have no reason to feel a certain way about anything. All I have to do is go up about my business and my life every single day as best as I can. And if you don't like it, well, fuck you too. It's simple as that. It's nothing bad. There's nothing negative about it. It's just sometimes you have to tell people what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. I'm no longer going to accept the psychological terrorism, the emotional fucking manipulation or triangulation. I am not going to let anyone bring me to tears. I am not going to let anyone make me feel like less of a person. That I will no longer do. I will no longer be driven or motivated or manipulated. By anybody. I don't give a fuck if they're related to me or not. I can respectfully say, fuck you, pay me. If someone cannot add a positive element to my life, I have the right to say delete. Just like one of my computer programs. Delete. Simple as that. You say some dumb shit on the phone, block you say some dumb shit in my social media, delete, block. I have the right to say, you're not welcomed in my house. You're not welcomed in my car. You're not welcomed in my neighborhood. You're not welcomed on my phone. You're not welcome in anything that deals with me. All I need to say is security. <laughs> Please escort this person off my property. Simple as that. There's no more three-strike rules. Now it's like, foul ball, you're out. Simple as that. I have the right to exercise my right and my power to have a emotionally, mental, and spiritual healthy balance in my life. I have the right to protect myself. 
And just like boxing, in life you got to protect yourself at all times. Toxic people have to be told that they are toxic. And until they become, you know, balanced, they're not allowed into the empire of my heart. The door is no longer open. We no longer uh, are available 24 hours. Now this has become an exclusive club where you have to be invited to join. And you have to meet a certain criteria. Negativity will no longer be accepted in my universe, nor will I take on responsibilities for people, places, and things that I have no control over and no authority over, no dawn over. Because it's not about having control or dominion over things. It's about not forcing things in my life I cannot force someone to love me. I cannot force someone to understand me. Nobody owes me their love or their understanding or their support. God doesn't owe me anything other than life, wisdom, and clarity. Period. Nobody owes me anything. Not even my children. They don't owe me an explanation. The same way that I don't owe anyone an explanation. I have no problem driving my Ferrari by myself. None at all. I like to spend time with myself. I really like myself. I think I'm the fucking coolest thing since sliced bread. As a matter of fact, my best friend told me yesterday that there's nobody on earth cooler than me other than him. So today I'm going to have to let him know, like, listen, I'm, I'm cooler than you, man. I just want to let you know that. Nothing personal. I'm just cooler than you. If I choose to live in a gated community in a beautiful mansion in an estate and I'm willing to work for it, I don't need to feel bad that you don't choose that and that you don't want that and that you don't work for that. I don't have to support you. I got my own children. I don't have to give you anything. Like my neighbor winning the lottery didn't have to do anything more than give me a beautiful lawnmower as a token of appreciation. I would have been happy with a smiley face emoji on a text or a postcard from Buenos Aires, Argentina. You were thinking about me while you were on vacation with $100 million to your name. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Love me unto where your heart allows you to love me and nothing more. And I will do the same. I'll take care of myself for you. You take care of yourself for me. And... Anything dealing with finances, don't ever call me for no motherfucking money. I ain't got no money for nobody. Not my family, not my friends, not my peers, not my nothing. I don't give a fuck if I have a hundred billion dollars. Don't ask me for shit. If I give you something, it came from the bottom of my heart. And I'm not going to explain to you why I gave it to you. I'm just going to say, here you go. This is a gift. <coughs> If you can't respect that, fuck you. How's that? Write your feelings on a piece of paper, throw it out in the trash, because I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to lose sleep. I'm going to sleep like a king. I'm going to eat like a king. I'm going to meditate and pray like a king. I'm going to travel the fucking world. And I'm going to enjoy my family. And I don't give a fuck what you think about me, what you say about me, what you do. doesn't affect me anymore. 
that power, that meaning that I gave to all those that I love, delete, gone, blocked, erased, eliminated, obliterated. That's it. If you're privileged of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, if you're privileged enough to own a Ferrari FXX, but the, the LaFerrari version, which is, I don't know what the fuck that one's called. You're not going to feel bad to be on the track by your fucking self. Enjoying such a precision, you know, machine. I don't feel bad. Nor am I going to allow anybody to make me feel bad about something that I have no control over. You know, I'm willing to work hard for everything in life. Most people are not. Well, that's their choice. And God bless them. It's as simple as that. Hard work pays off. If I got to fucking work seven days a week, 21 motherfucking hours out of the day, that's my choice. That's my prerogative. You have the choice to do the same motherfucking thing. It's not my fault to overcompensate you for the shit that you're not doing. I got a podcast. I got a YouTube channel. I got a record label. I got a real estate company. I got a technology company. I do franchises. Um, I do apparel. I do accessories. And... That's just, you know, few, a few things. I have other things I don't talk about, other investments. That's my natural curve. That's my peace. That's my comfort zone. This is who I truly am. This is not just what I do. After I do this podcast, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to promote it. I'm going to market it. I'm going to engineer it. I'm going to release it. I'm going to make money from it, and I'm going to move on. And later tonight, I'll be doing music. Probably within the next hour or so. And I'm going to promote and master it and, and engineer it and release it. And, and I'm going to go through that and I'm going to move on. And I'm going to continue to add to my catalog. I'm also going to study and I'm going to be with my family. And I'm probably going to watch some movies. But that's who I am. Not who I need to be. Not who you want me to be. Not None of that bullshit. I made the mistake to give my heart to a group of people that didn't deserve it. And that's okay because of love, we all get our hearts broken. We all give our hearts to to the person that probably doesn't deserve it. But we all learn from it. We all can grow from it. And we all can move to a better position. That will be the title of today's podcast. Moving to a better position. That's it. I don't have to put in life, in business, in psychology, in understanding, in consciousness. No. Moving to a better position. What is that? We just faced the elephant in the room. We just performed a psychological fucking uh, surgical procedure. We've moved on. It's behind us. We always have this podcast to reflect on it. We're moving on. And that's all we can do is push forward. We have the right to choose our happiness and tell anybody that doesn't belong in our lives, get the fuck out. You got a black heart. You got ill intentions. You got ulterior motives. Fuck you. Go find another person to torment and harass. Go find another beautiful village to destroy. I am a builder. And I am moving 
forward and I move into a better position. God bless you all and thank you for your time.